My favorite joke growing up was, why can't Freddy drive a tractor? Because Freddy's a fish. You're a weird little kid. And welcome to episode 45 of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Your hosts, as always, a plate of turkey that's been in the fridge for a month after Thanksgiving. Jim Wrench! I can't top that. A turkey we panicked and prepared a month early for Christmas. Dallin Lee! Why am I in the oven? What did I do wrong to you? And still sitting here in my monster costume because I'm gonna stay here until my country does Halloween <laughs> fucking properly. Foxley. So which one of us gets pardoned? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not me. I don't know if you've seen this, but apparently Obama drops, like, the dad joke of 2015 at the Turkey Party. I haven't seen it. And his daughter's there, and she's at the podium, and she puts her face in her head. Oh, Oh, that's like ultimate (laughs) dad joke. At this point, the President of the United States points into the crowd and says, you thought that was funny, right? Points at his daughter, you didn't. Oh, Oh, how do people not love this guy? Oh wait, racism. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that I hope anyway. that uh, that after his presidency is over, Barack Obama takes the his copy of Witcher Two that was given to him by the Pol- by the a Polish ambassador and starts an LP series yes. because that man is really <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> It yes. would. I, I would love to see the Obama who just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> politics? What? I, I, I'm told that the last two months of any presidency are basically just fucking around uh, time. Like, apparently uh, the comedy videos get made and stuff. <laughs> no, you just start following the other teams as they move on to the next election. <laughs> splinter in their various directions and, and Donna just picks the wrong guy. And <laughs> So, hey, Fox, have you been playing video games this week? <laughs> uh, I have, but I'm Unfortunately, they've been mostly the same video games as last week. That's all right. Oh, speaking of which, is it one o'clock yet? I understand Nintendo Badge Arcade refreshes. <laughs> I thought you were off the junk. <laughs> no, no, I'm <laughs> on the junk because they give you a free one every now and then. Oh, no. <laughs> That's, uh, that, that is the sum of my experience. Okay. Though. I mean, I, I'm, like I said it last week, I'm not going to put money into this thing. It's not right. Fair enough. And beyond that, it's been Rune Factory 4. The Revenge. Yes, it has. Which has been... <laughs> Still haven't married either of my saucy boyfriends. <laughs> Their random town events will just not trigger. Duh. They're so fickle, these boys. Yeah. What about you, Jeb? What have you been playing this week? Uh, Dark Souls? Oh, yes. I've been seeing you commenting about this on your on the Twitter nets. Uh, I've decided to go back to Dark Souls for a little bit, and it's Dark Souls. When are you back to Dark Souls, Cousin Jeb? Well, for starters, I... Had play had been playing Dark Souls two for a bit a few months ago, and that game is very good. Um, <laughs> then I just started watching some some uh, uh, some YouTube videos from other From Software games, and I found out that like Bloodborne is neat. And for about halfway through, and then just kind of turns into a comedy. <laughs> and then I watched Dark Souls two videos and realized that game still isn't very good. It's like yeah, I should just go and play more Dark Souls. I see. So I've been playing more Dark Souls. I uh, took my cleric character and got her into the. Uh, she's now a sun bro, so uh, she can throw <laughs> lightning at people. And hey, it the turns sun bro. Out the, the 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 lightning spears are apparently very good because <laughs> they kill things really fast. I 
not not to tell you how you should feel, but I can't help but imagine if someone sold me something called a lightning spear and it wasn't very good, I'd be kind of miffed. <laughs> well, no, you, it's, not, it's not something you buy. It's something you get given for becoming a Sunbro. Oh! The Sunbro, when you join the Sunbros, you are given the, the the miracle that is the lightning spear. We're really just giving you excuses to say Sunbro at this point. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, the, the lightning spear, the... The, the secret miracle of the Sun Bros is the same miracle that Lord Gwyn used to uh, slay the... Uh, to, to fight the everlasting dragons. And it turns out that the thing that you use to kill immortal dragons is really good at killing things that are mortal. <laughs> <laughs> There's a certain variable there. Is uh, being a Sun Bro the only way you can get this miracle? Yeah, as far as I know, yes. So we should all join them first, and then abandon them. For and the then abandon. We actually want to join up with. Yes, <laughs> abandon the Sun Bros after you learn the Sun Bro. The, after you learn the secret technique of the Wu Tang Clan. Ah, thank so, you for your guidance, Brother Jeb. So there's a certain give or take, and there's a very strong undercurrent of violence in how you care about this thing. So it's very, <laughs> so it's very Sundere. Oh, you're the worst. Yeah, well, I'm calling my agent. So, Fair enough. Oh yeah, I also played some more Fallout Four. Yeah, I fun with it. Built more towns. <laughs> It's always building. The building never stops. I've heard complaints, well, complaints, that the main storyline is too good at getting out of your way, because all the oh, oh, yeah. way more fun. Oh my oh. god, it's an open world RPG where the main storyline is the least compelling thing? <laughs> Holy shit! Well, the th- I, I, th- I think the thing that people don't like is that the in Fallout 4 in particular, the main story has no problems just staying the fuck out of your way. <laughs> it doesn't even try. <laughs> I remember that in New Vegas, the game was, you know, kind of passive-aggressive about trying to get you to engage with the main storyline, and that you didn't do something about it. Eventually, Kaiser's Legion would show yeah. up and start shanking you. As opposed to Baldur's Gate, where they just try and guilt you again and again. Oh, God, yeah. Wouldn't it be terrible to be all alone, stuck in that building? Oh, she must be so sad. You can't fool me, game. She's just pixel. Well, Daggerfall, uh, Elder Scrolls 2, uh, if you didn't take on the, the main storyline, story fast enough you'd miss it (laughs) (laughs) which is a good idea and by fast enough i mean you have one week in game i know that in quest of glory 2 you could uh there there were these events that happened in the main city and if you didn't get around to them like the the city just got destroyed you wake up one morning and there's (laughs) and there is a you know 150 foot tall earth elemental just smashing the city to pieces (laughs) you should you should have dealt with this earlier hero yeah, see, I'm not saying that having non-time-sensitive events is a bad idea. I actually prefer non-time-sensitive events. But if you're going to pretend there's a sense of urgency, <laughs> fucking follow through. Don't don't just say something bad is going to happen. Fucking do something bad or, you know, proof or GTFO, basically. That's why, I, that's why I like the Yog. The Yog just gives you, oh yeah, something, the Yog is coming and... Oh yeah. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> do stuff. That's delightfully messed up. Yeah, that, doesn't that's... tell you what the yog is. <laughs> Just do stuff. Yeah, work on your skills. And you've got. I like don't know a... what the yog is, but if it's not about ninety percent mouth, I'm going to be disappointed. Well, after well, the thing is, in the yog, you have I want to say it's four turns. It's a short. It's a short multiplayer wow. game experience. Well, it's one of those things where you pick an event, and then you know you you get a skill or a, something happens to you, and you get an ability, that sort of thing. All right. And you you play you do that. I want to say it's like four turns or four weeks or something like that, and then. The Yog happens, and then you get to play out the aftermath of the Yog, <laughs> where you might have wound 
up becoming a Dracula, or you might have wound up becoming <laughs> a, a demonically possessed wizard, or you and might I always actually wanted to be a Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> or you might wind up being the kind of person who helps people. A Dracula can't help people? If you're a Dracula, you can help people. Oh, good. But you might also a Dracula them. Mm. I want to be a Dracula because they're so good with the ladies. <laughs> Anyway. I'd have a cravat. Man, just to jump back to Quest for Glory again, I remember in Quest for Glory 4, one of the major characters was a, a Dracula. Dracula Returns? Yeah. And, and <laughs> oh, I remember this Dracula. And there's a point where you find them in uh, in their coffin, and you get the options of, you know, talk to, kiss, wake, and the last option is grope. And all of the options will get the plot to advance, except grope. If you grope, you just die. Awesome. <laughs> That which, is the correct way to handle that. Which was really weird as a kid to be like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> what happens when I do it? I don't know what I did, but I died. Good. Tell them what have you been playing. Um, in amongst Aside the Aside from the swindle. I played a, just a single little experience amongst all the other stuff I did this week. I played a game called The Shiva. Is this about, is this about lesbian motorcycles? No. <laughs> That no. sounds like a great game, though. This is, in fact, pretty much on a very, very other side of that spectrum. The Shiva's a game about playing a rabbi of a struggling temple in New York City. Oh, wow. That is not what I was expecting. No, I wasn't either. I didn't know what to expect. This is by Wajit Eye Games. Oh, people, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the people who make the Blackwell point-and-click adventure games. Oh. Which Techno I've often... Babylon. Yes, they also made Techno Babylon, which is, that's, that's the most recent game they've made. Um, the Shiva is very much earlier, and... <laughs> I just got that's like Techno Babylon, but it's Techno Babylon. Hey! <laughs> uh, the Shiva is a very, it's a very small experience. Like, a lot of their early games kind of feel like they take place over the course of a couple of days, especially the Blackwell games. And they're fairly well designed as point-and-click adventure games, which means you don't usually get stuck hard. Mm. Uh, there's usually not as many moving parts, so you don't have that same feeling of being completely lost. Um, the Shiva is definitely earlier tech. There's a lot more of it that you kind of have to think sideways on. Like, it actually involves sort of hacking someone's email account, but not really. It's more like, oh, hang on, I've got their login. What's, what would be their password? That kind of thing. Uh, and it's really properly interesting. Like, really... <laughs> Games games are an amazing way for us to put ourselves into experiences we don't ordinarily have. I am not and have never been, and probably never will be, unless circumstances are very strange, a middle-aged Jewish rabbi exploring uh, financial, in, impending financial ruin in New York. But this game takes maybe two hours to play. It's not very long. It's not It's not procedurally generated or anything. It's very fixed. You'll probably only need to play it once. But it has a lot of interesting ways to solve problems and a lot of interesting ideas that you will be exposed to just by dint of what's part of the game. Like, one of the things that happens is a character dies. And uh, in a lot of point-click adventure games, when you get the news of, like, such and such character died, there's often this question of, hang on, why are you going to get involved in that? What what business is that of yours? Yes, sir. In a lot of point-click adventure games especially mystery ones okay like laura bow why are you investigating all of these murders laura you're you're not anyone you in mean, particular you mean like a a, play, a question like you you ask as a player yeah as a player the like, question that why gets am i sudden somebody died yeah. okay why am i involved with this that sort of thing yeah not like yeah, exactly. the game says hmm i wonder why you are have why you have to answer this oh yeah you're right you're right Bad, badly expressed on my part yeah it, it's definitely one of those things where the framing device has allowed the game to solve a lot of those problems 
problems from the outset in that it is a tradition that the rabbi of your temple comes to see your family after you pass away and that's just an expectation I didn't I didn't know that I don't know why I you know I would not be expected to know that I don't think but the game uses all of these very natural behaviors for the rabbi in a way that informs the player and informs the world it's in and forward the game all right so you're talking about a setup where someone has died I was thinking when you say when you hear that someone has died I think of that as being like a you know beginning of the third act kind of thing and I'm like surely by then you should know why you give a shit no otherwise they've done a very bad thing by making it seem important no it's it's a beginning of the first act right yeah yeah and yeah and they and they do a good job of creating and projecting this character who is he's flawed he's definitely flawed and the game doesn't shy from his flaws and it's it's a very sincere little experience i thought it was very nice um and a very good example of um wadget eyes um inventory puzzles where they don't really do an inventory puzzles as much as they do connecting concepts to one another in the character's head oh yeah like the uh logic mechanism from edgeworth yeah and indeed all the blackwell games there is our english release of investigations to you bastards sadly that is not to be (laughs) fuck capcom Yeah, so I thought the Shiva was quite good. It, it's available in most of the online stores that you know we get our games from these days. Did you learn what a Shiva is? Uh, I believe that a Shiva is explicitly the role that your character has at the temple they're at. Ah, right. I don't quote me on that. I, there's a lot of stuff. It's very dense, and if you want to just sit there and read, um, you know, kind of eye level stuff about how people in temples work, how inter temple politics work. There's a lot of stuff to do. It's very interesting, and it has a very clever kind of like it, it culminates with a fight and in point and click adventure games fights are usually really bad this yes. one has an interesting gimmick to hmm. make it worthwhile anyway. i had the notion of uh you're you're aware of lily blade obviously <laughs> yeah um i part of having made visual novels recently is that i start looking at everything like how would this work as a visual novel and i did imagine a conversation system that was essentially the same mechanics as the fencing system <laughs> yeah you could definitely do that um you could even more definitely do that in a um in a dialogue tree well yeah i mean it wouldn't be unlike a dialogue tree from the outside but the idea of basically numbers mm. uh fighting one another behind the scenes and yeah. getting different responses yeah yeah I, well, I romance the that... three kingdoms uh game strategy games do that yeah. oh yeah mm-hmm. the uh the, the the first the first i think i want to say nine of them had uh <laughs> dual mechanics in them which were just sword fights and such yeah, yeah. And then in 10, they added in the uh, the debate system, <laughs> which is choosing a debate tactic. Like, you know, either taunt them or intimidate them or question them. You know, you, you kind of had like a, a hand of cards. Yeah. And they played out against each other and your stats affected how well that you were able to do particular tactics. And that's how they played out the, the, the debates between characters. Yes, very similar. I like this concept. I know that in the tabletop game Exalted, there was a distinct problem around the idea of social combat where previous iterations of the game had tried very badly to allow <laughs> characters to do ridiculous things in martial combat you know punching people in the head and then said during social situations you can just in this very vaguely defined way be about as powerful as you are in combat <laughs> so ah. designing a social conflict system was really high high priority we saw this a lot in D&D as well oh, like yeah. people had no problem going oh yeah epic uses a skill should get you like you know epic swim you can swim over waterfall because you're just that good and like people couldn't wrap their heads around that magnitude on say a bluff check or a diplomacy yeah and epic level bluff is that 
You lie so good that the person next door believes you. I think Talon actually came up with a great example, which is one time he convinced someone they were a changeling and didn't know it. And they'd just been planted here without in, any understanding of their own lineage. Which in, is really think, creepy in hindsight. Think, <laughs> Very I think, creepy. Uh, I think it's uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Um, one of the, if you're playing as a Malkavian, you can convince a guard that he's actually uh, a stop sign. <laughs> a stop sign. Nice. In Planescape Torment, and it's not really a bluff check because it's a second edition game, but in Planescape Torment, there is a character you convince doesn't exist. And when they, and because it's See, Planescape. That's an because epic it's fucking plans, bluff. Because it's Planescape, well, it's Planescape they stop you, existing. They stop existing, yeah. they do. Yeah, and they it's leave like, behind oh, their loot. Shit. <laughs> not a very nice thing to do. It's a good thing you didn't convince them that their loot didn't exist, you um, cheesy fuck. Equal, equally weird in Planescape Torment is that if you spend the bulk of the game going around giving a false name to people, uh, eventually you can run into that false name in a bar. There's <laughs> like, enough people have because met me. Because it's people, Planescape. <laughs> yep. Enough people have met me, enough people believe in the kind of person I am, and that, that character can be a reflection of what you're like. So if you're actually really noble and good, they're like, yeah, I'm a glowing golden hero. Everyone loves the hell out of me. Who are you, weirdo, with all the scars and shit? <laughs> ah, the Bishonen version of you. <laughs> mm. I I really like Planescape Torment. <laughs> it's a really so, good game. I think uh, I think when I I think I, when I did when I did the uh, that that Game Facts thing, I want to say Torment came like third for me. Nice. So, we have some the listener questions. <gasps> listener questions! Again! We love those. Specifically, we have one from a first time the listener who would like to know what the podcast is kind of all about. And I figure 45 episodes in, surely we can answer that. <laughs> um, um. It's about. <laughs> We like video games, and we think you might like video games too. So we're going to get together and talk about video games. Well, also, also, more more to the point, it's not only do we like video games, but we like liking video games. Yeah. And there's enough of video games just getting run through the dirt on with all the cynicism <laughs> that goes on these days. It's like, can't somebody talk about things they like for once? Yeah. And let's be clear, it's never bad to be critical about media, and it's often very called for to be angry about media, but we really need to also just enjoy media. Mm. So, yeah, we're, we're here to enjoy media. We also have the fortune that this podcast is primarily populated by people from the previous century, which means that we have a historical <laughs> perspective on games. We, we aren't here to be part of the media ad machine just churning out the latest news about the latest big release that we've gotten press releases from. We want to talk about games um, where, um, like this, this podcast is a place for us to talk about games we've got our hands on, the stuff that we want to talk about because we're enjoying it or because it's making us angry, but with a general eye towards positivity. And you know, video games are fun. Video games are really cool. <laughs> and I think the more concise way to phrase your previous thought might be: we are a less news-focused yeah. podcast than a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, once again, it's great to be excited about new stuff, but uh, it's also really fun to look back at the older stuff and and either go, "What were we thinking?" or like, oh, "I remember that," or "Oh." That that didn't turn out how we thought it was going to. Well, yeah, I'd like to think that we are the hyperdimension Neptunia of podcasts. <laughs> what does that mean exactly? Lots of bad puns. I'm not taking off my pants. <laughs> no, um, I'm okay. not either. Um, I no, haven't uh, put mine on. Hyper, hi, no, Yoga Ball, put your pants back on. <laughs> what a great hi, place to hi, talk. What a great place to remember Yoga Ball talking to a new user. <laughs> Hi oh Hi yeah hyperdimension uh, for the record hyperdimension neptunia is one of those games that likes to point out oh wow video games are crap they're trash they're garbage but unlike every other game that does that sort of thing it fucking loves that they're trash <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. is it has this strange sincerity about it 
that is just so endearing when everything nowadays is just so cynical and judgmental. It's like, no, you know what? Yeah, there's titties. So what? We we look to we look to the past in a segment we call Retro Gaming News, which is where we just you know what came out around this time a couple of years ago. Because time has done a whole bunch of stuff to these games, things that we had this impression of when they were new, which we look back on now and go, "Hang on, this owned. This was really cool." Or, oh, "Oh, wow, that happened." Grand Theft Shark. Grand Theft Shark. <laughs> Did I, I think I, did I bring that up on the following podcast where I actually tried to go and yes. track down a copy and on the PC, it's really hard to find. Yes. You couldn't find Grand, Grand Theft Shark. So the <laughs> listener, if you can find Grand Theft Shark, we are looking. If um, anybody has a secondhand copy of PC Jaws game, like the recent one, I want that. Call me. Similarly, it's a chance for us to grab games that normally get kind of stamped by marketing. Uh, for example, Sonic the Hedgehog All-Stars Racing Transform. <laughs> Did I get that right? It, Close. Didn't you guys Close. say last week there was an and? It's Different. Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transform. What the Forgive fuck me. is that? But, well, it's that- Sonic and there's these All-Stars. When that game came out, I threw the, the announcement that it came out completely over my shoulder because it's a Sonic game. Sonic games are never good. It's Except- Sonic Air Race Car. Yeah, this game has no right to be good, but it owns. Yeah, in fact, Sonic in a Race Car is usually the worst variant of bad <laughs> Sonic games. Yeah. So, but with uh... this, has Alex Kidd in a race car? <laughs> Complete with a huge mutton chops Ooh. in the big ears. <laughs> mutton chops. Yeah, Alex Kidd has monster mutton chops. Oh, this, this game has football manager. This is from like the second one where he was actually a Sung Wukong character being yeah. retrofitted. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. This has football manager in a race car. <laughs> uh, when when football manager's race car turns into like a race jet, his transformation sequence involves it turning into a soccer ball and then unturning into a turning into whatever it's going to turn into. Nice. Um. Um. Does it have uh, knights? No. Well, Knights is a car. Does it have Sparkster? <laughs> Sparkster was a Sega property? I thought Sparkster was Konami. Yeah, but he was on the, the Sega and pointedly not the Nintendo back in the day. They made an issue of that. Yep, yep. Well, funnily enough, they both wanted to make quite an issue out of anything that was exclusive to them. Well, any character was exclusive to them. Such petty tribalism over video game consoles. <laughs> I'm glad we've all moved past <laughs> that. <laughs> Characters who only appeared on the Sega console, like American basketballers. <laughs> Characters who only appeared appeared on the Sega consoles, like the guy from Shenmue. Okay, okay, for the win, can I play Echo the Dolphin in a race car? (laughs) No. Not good enough. Surely that would be a racing tank. It would be something, but it would have a dolphin in it, and that's the point. (laughs) I want to see him try and steal. Him? I don't know if Echo ever got gendered. That's not the point. You can be, like, you can be Oolala from... Uh, Space Channel Five. Nice. You can be the, you can be the the monkey from uh, Sambo. I don't know the name. Somebody of the... Amico. Yes. If ah. if Ulala from Space Channel Five is in that game, some of the game's profits go <laughs> to the band D Light. Oh, what's her name again? I can't, I can't remember. remember. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Like mis- it- That's a really strange name. <laughs> 
Lady Lady Miss K, I think. It's something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Miss Kira, I think it was based on Kira. Yeah, she su- right. she sued Sega over her likeness being used for Ulala. Anyway, <laughs> apparently they totally fr- pinched her design from a real person. What the hell? And this is the kind of thing that the downloadable concept podcast does. We get lost on tangents about oh. trivia about video, usually about Sonic. Far too Sonic. commonly about Sonic. What the fuck, you two? Because Sonic is an amazing piece of of archaeological cultural post-mortem <laughs> you know Son- we are in we are in the 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 dissection <laughs> stage of sonic's career yeah re- dissecting sonic is more interesting than playing sonic ever was <laughs> I, i've already shown you all the uh the sonic and dishonored storm right uh oh jesus christ that thing was uh it's like someone taking the video of a dishonored playthrough and like inserting a frame of sonic going yeah uh what's the guy's name Emily? not Ezio Corvo. Oh, yeah, yeah Corvo, let's go. Don't slip. <laughs> no, really, it's it's and not a well-drawn Sonic. Not no. a, not a just clipped out image of an official Sonic. Someone's terrible hand-drawn Sonic. Of course it is. Completely black frame. MS Paint. That's a, Sonic. That is a character we need to see in Smash Brothers. Damn it! <laughs> badly drawn. Sonic. <laughs> badly drawn. <laughs> badly drawn MS Paint Sonic. What about Ken Pender's creepy knees, Sonic? <laughs> <laughs> How about Ken Pender's? <laughs> Yes, but you have to airbrush him and take out all the lines. <laughs> he's he's shaded entirely with dodge and burn effects. You're all weirdos. Yeah, by the way, this week I got stuck in another Oh My Gosh, The Sonic Comics, ha ha ha, Tumblr, courtesy entirely of Jeb for tagging me in on some question about Sonic Comics that I didn't even know the answer to, but damned if I didn't go and look into it. I'm just going to cut in the sound of, like, footsteps and then a door slamming. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost talent. That's okay. We we don't need him. He has Welcome no love the... for Sonic in his heart. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the downloadable Sonic podcast. <laughs> God damn it, you two! Don't make me come up there. <laughs> the worst part is that the having gone on for so many goddamn years now, the Sonic comic is your predictable massive continuity mess. Mm. Um, but it's also like a shit ton better than it was back <laughs> in the t- Like the art is actually pretty good now, as opposed to trash whenever anyone but Spaz was drawing. Yeah. And ah, uh, there's, there's a comfortable handle that reminds you of the nineties. <laughs> it's a shortening of the guy's name, if that helps. Huh. His surname is like. Spaziante or something. Oh. And he, he went by Spaz for short. It's still uncomfortable, but now for a different It is a reason. little bit, but, you know, if someone chooses to call themselves that, and it's a derivative of their own name, you sort of have to go, okay, fine. If you like. Anyway. Um, that was all on topic. That is what our is, podcast yeah, is about. That, this is what our podcast is about. These two start talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, and I, as if trying to guide the Minotaur through a labyrinth, <laughs> heave at the horns. Uh, why would you guide the Minotaur through a labyrinth? It owns the labyrinth. It knows where it's going. No, it is you who is lost, little man. It is you. The Minotaur doesn't own the labyrinth. The Minotaur owns whoever goes into the labyrinth. Excuse me, the labyrinth is owned by the king and queen on the Isle of Logic. Whatever. The important thing is the Minotaur lives in the labyrinth and it's not lost. When does Dr. Brain get involved in all of this? What's Dr. Brain? What's Dr. Brain? Alright, we okay, cool. Concept, uh, the downloadable concept podcast is now over. This is going to be the Talon Rain <laughs> oh, about Sierra video oh, games. Oh, I sense another segment coming on Talon's depressing childhood. Stay tuned tuned listener <laughs> this is gonna be a wild one no, no, this no. is this is part two this is the other thing that our that our podcast is about <laughs> Down's 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 Down's. Down's. this is kind of therapy for him <laughs> 
But no, um, the the Doctor Brain series were a series of edutainment games <laughs> from but the nineties yes. by by Corey and Laurieann Cole, who made the Quest for Glory. Games, oh, okay. And they kind of own. So like, actually, people who can make decent games. Yeah, and and they were they were basically kind of Professor Layton like puzzle opera in that they were just disconnected sequences of puzzles in this very deliberately wacky world. It's you know there was a very little bit of point in clicking you know pixel hunting. What's the thing that will let me get some forward momentum in the story? But broadly speaking it was just all right here is a door here are like five different circuitry puzzles you need to solve before you can go on to the next room and and it was fun it was really fun and it had this very offbeat sense of humor that the 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 coals were really good for it's like a version of 999 that doesn't hate you ah it's a certainly less apocalyptic version of 999 Uh, it, the, the general framing device is that you're a, a journalist who's there to interview Dr. Brain. And to do that, you have to get into his castle. He's like, made an appointment and you go through the front door. It's just, he's like, oh yes, just come down the hall. And down the hall is like a million puzzles. <laughs> I, I really stay hope away, they, stay they forever. <laughs> I really hope they played this guy as you go through it being like, I'm just a total shit star. Huh? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, it's just a little it. further. It's just a little further through the pit of <laughs> <laughs> Come on, champ, you can do it. Here's a 3D paper graph maze. On hard mode, you don't get the graph. Ah! <laughs> um, one of the puzzles that really stuck with me in this game was that there was actually programming puzzles, like with lines of code. Oh, um, sweet. Where you had a robot, and when you gave the robot instructions, which you did in a very simplified version of code, it enacted them. But there were three different heads. One which would do exactly what it was told, one which would do the opposite of what it was told, and one which would alternate doing what it was told and then doing the opposite. <laughs> and then you only had one question, so you had to ask one <laughs> <laughs> Well, on easy mode, it was just a matter of trying to work out which of the three heads was the truthful one. On medium mode... Oh god, you also don't know? One of the heads broke <laughs> after it had been used twice. <laughs> On hard mode, one of the heads broke whenever it got used. Okay. So you had to get three things out of the maze. It was, it was, I really liked this game. <laughs> sounds pretty complicated. I was going to make a joke about it and then they have a runtime error and fall over, but apparently they pretty much did. So, <laughs> you know, hey. So it's, it's accurate programming simulation. <laughs> mm-hmm. This was my idea of a first person shooter before my dad bought Doom. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> At least you never had Bible shooter. Oh, we oh, didn't we? Did, you didn't. Oh, there there were You didn't me. have a Nintendo. No, I didn't have no Super Noah's Ark 3D, which is now on Steam, so you can go and play <gasps> the world. So I can go and buy it for you right now. <laughs> All right, we're well, let's playing tonight. That's what Super we're doing. Noah's. <laughs> This is the other other thing the podcast does. Makes hundred dollars. It's forty percent. It's forty percent off right now. Steam sales. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Mother of God. That's Sorry. that's pretty much what we do. Also, we occasionally do a silly radio voice. Yes. that's pretty much the sum of it. To summarize, we try to be positive. We want to talk about video games. We talk about games in historical context, and there's an awful amount of what amounts to audio shit posting. <laughs> Try and defend that position, Falk. Go on, die on that hill. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't really understand what shit posting is. It seems to be anything we find funny, unless it's actually funny, or I don't know. It's it's a mysterious, unquantifiable phenomenon. You know what shit posting is when you see it. <laughs> it's like porn. <laughs> and now it's time for retro gaming news. All the news that's fit to print for the month of November. 2011. Brought to you by Ken Pender's Sonic the Hedgehog. Here the hedgehog with disturbingly human knees. <laughs> disturbingly human knees is my okay profile name. <laughs> All right, November. Skyrim. God damn! <laughs> 
Come on, that surely that is cheating. Oh, faster than a... And the crowd goes wild. Wow. Was that, in fact, the first thing on your list? Yes. Jesus Christ. Of course it was. Holy crap. Of course Skyrim was. <laughs> wow. Oh, and, and I'm just reeling. I, I'm th- I was thinking, there's a lot of good stuff in this month. There's a lot of bad stuff. We're going to start off with something kind of amazing. What happens before I start talking? Oh, this oh. is what it is like to be owned by a jab. <laughs> yeah, this listener is the other thing that happens in retro gaming news. Dallin is wrong about stuff. Jeb wins. <laughs> just, just horrifyingly, quickly, comprehensively. Uh, Pyrrhic victory wins. <laughs> Pyrrhic victory? <laughs> It really means nothing, you're right. Oh my god. My life's a lie. <laughs> what? Alright, so, we have an open world adventure game. It's from a franchise. It's... Two Worlds 2. Surprisingly good, so it's not Two Worlds oh. 2. I'm, I'm scared of answering. You've already revealed some information, so no matter what I say, I'll never look as cool as Jab. <laughs> It's like that time that I gave you Loom three months in a row and Jeb No, it's not. That was a totally different scenario. All right, no, this is a game that was a sequel to a surprisingly good game. It wasn't as good, but it's still quite good. You play a overexposed licensed character who's supposedly a master of stealth. Oh, oh this is uh, Arkham City. Yes. Oh. Batman Arkham City. Right. Which, yeah, 2011 November. For the listener's sake, November is a month just before Christmas, so a lot of developers <laughs> try to get stuff out there really fast. I had no idea. <laughs> This is the kind of coverage you won't get on other gaming podcasts. If a game comes out in November, that usually means someone wants it bought in the Christmas rush. Sometimes that can mean it's a really headliney title like Skyrim. But usually real you know, doorbreaker AAA titles, they happen earlier in the year because they know they can generate their own hype. March releases and May releases are good examples of that kind of thing. If it comes out in November, it's coming out amongst 50 other games. So there's always a little lack of confidence there. So either, either it thinks it can beat the 50 other games and is quite assured of that, or it's toilets and they're just trying to hide it a little bit. Yeah. Gen- generally speaking, November is a very dense time and it's going to vary wildly from good to, wait, they made that? Is this relevant to the next entry? Uh, actually, yes, it is relevant to the next entry. It's a graphic adventure made modelled after supposedly a book, but really is modelled after a movie. So it's a movie tie. A movie based on a book. Yeah. This is not a Harry Potter uh, thing. It's not a Harry Potter thing. It's a Lord of the and Rings thing. It's... Go on, Jeb. You said it's a it's a graphic... It's a what? It's a... Graphic adventure. adventure. It's an adventure game, yeah. The Walking Dead? No, no. Um, <clears throat> The movie it was based on was praised for its computer special effects, which were brand new at the time. And this isn't Lord of the Rings? And it isn't Lord of the Rings. No, no, uh... And it was a book originally. It was a book originally, yes. Uh... uh the movie... The movie in question is really not a recent movie. Yeah, that would have to be old. Did they make like a Matrix game or something in 2011? Older than the Matrix. Shit. <laughs> it does, however, have really silly bullshit science in it. Tron? No. You're thinking... Was you're it a think- Jurassic Park game? It was a Jurassic Park game. They made... Oh, so it was a, it was the tell- it was a Telltale game. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I missed you asking. It was a Telltale Jurassic Park? Well, no, I Park? did. I did. Okay, good. It was bad. Yeah, it was... It- so bad. <laughs> yeah... <laughs> The fact that it sank without a trace is kind of telling. Yeah, that doesn't usually happen to Telltale games. Yeah, 
Yeah. Usually good enough to have a bit of a buzz, and then maybe they slide into fondly remembered obscurity. Yeah, but this case, Jurassic Park got a point-and-click adventure game in 2011. Because why not? The original Jurassic Park. The original Jurassic Park. Got a point-and-click game in 2011. What the fuck? Not, not Jurassic no, Park No, this 4. was more, this was more based on the, on the book. Yeah. But, um... You should have said was praised with- for its CG effects, which we knew at the time, and mostly not CG. <laughs> that would have given it totally away. <laughs> Go on, Jeb. Um, the the, te- the thing is that the Telltale point-and-click adventure game was kind of more quick-time event action-y than, like, even The Walking Dead or things like that were. Ah. So it just didn't work. So I'm knocking out the good games in this pile early <laughs> so that we can get well, to the Well, apparently real- you've already gone through the Jurassic Park game. Jeb, yeah. what are the good games in this pile? Tell us. <laughs> All right, yeah, come on, come on, Jeb. Can you guess a game? I already guessed a game. Yeah, good point, yeah. All right, we have a... I guessed a game before you asked a question. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the hell? What more could we ask of a Jeb? Yeah, what have you done for us lately? <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness, we have a first-person shooter game, which is generally regarded as being a return to older forms of game. It's high-speed, high-impact, fairly irreverent. It has executions and jetpacks. Oh, ah, tribes. fuck, I know this, but I don't know what it's called. Not Tribes and not Duke Nukem. Oh. It's like you get the jetpack right at the end, and you're yeah. like, why didn't I have this for the better two-thirds of the fuck, you guys? No, I don't know what it's called. I'll never be able to tell you. Yeah, it's Serious Sam Reed. It was a Serious Sam game? It was a Serious Sam Serious Sam ah, game. Yes. There you go. All right. Uh, again, there, there are a bunch of games that came out at this time that own. They are not all that came out this time. We have a re-release of a Nintendo 64 game. Remastered. Um, Mario 64 3DS. New. This is too early for the remastered Star Fox, right? That was yes. 3DS. Yes, it's too early for that. Uh, Lilac Wars, I should say. Oh, hang on. Was it called? Did it have different names in the US? And I don't know. Hey, tell me what Star Fox 64 was called in <laughs> your locale. Because here it was called Lilac Wars. There's a Star Fox 64. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the Wii that didn't exist, not the 64. <laughs> well, no, that game doesn't exist. Now now I'm extra more confused. The only games I ever played on the Nintendo 64 were uh, were Smash Brothers and Mario Party. This is a... Re- this is a PS... This is a PS3 and Xbox... I played that on GameCube. Oh, Majora's Mask. <gasps> All okay, we can't talk about this anymore. Of the class... I don't want to have to tell you kids again. I'm older than you. (laughs) Hands on heads. (laughs) All right, no, seriously, this is a um, movie tie-in game from the from the Nintendo 64 that got a PS3. Oh, Goldeneye. Yes. Should have led with that. Yep. I could have had that one. (laughs) Well, that made it easy. Yeah. (laughs) Now it's gone to Jeb. Yep. It's all gone to the Jebs. This is a, I guess technically it's also a movie tie-in, but really it's an MMO expansion. Uh, Lord of the Rings Online? Yeah. Something or other? Yeah, War in the North for Lord of the Rings Online. Oh, I forgot that was even a thing. Yeah, I did too. (laughs) We have a friend who has a lifetime subscription to that game, which means that they never have to pay the subscription fee, and then they went free to play. Well, that tends to happen with MMOs these days. Yeah, okay. Yeah, though if you had a lifetime subscription, you just get... All the new stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite yeah, nice of them. It's all right. All right, we have a small indie game about death and memory. On what platform? On PC. I don't think it's been released on anything else. Uh, oh, yes, it has. There's a Linux version available. <laughs> Uh, on computer memory? <laughs> OS X. No, no. Limbo? Not Limbo. Uh, Lim- Limbo was a 360 uh, uh, Xbox Live Arcade game, wasn't it? Probably. I yeah. thought it was on everything these days. Yeah, no, no, not Limbo. This is a much more sedate, much more uh, point and clicky kind of experience. Mm. And actually, no. Uh, to the Moon. Oh. Yes. I got nothing. To the Moon got 
brought to my attention multiple times because there are references to the Animorphs in them. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's an RPG maker adventure game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it has very lovely music. Yes. <laughs> wow. Very soulful game. Um, if its themes connect to you, it will probably be very deeply affecting. Plus Animorphs references, which you, you got to admit that does not show up. It doesn't up show up often. All right. We have supposedly the end of a franchise of the PlayStation 3 generation. Oh, Metal Gear. No. Ah. No. Um, Uncharted 3. Uncharted 3. <laughs> <laughs> did, they, did they promise that was the end of the franchise? Yeah, did they? yeah. <laughs> they said we're not going to do multiplayer until we're going to end the franchise. And oh, look, Uncharted Three has multiplayer because that's what that game genre needs. Clearly, mm. is it just multiplayer shootmans? They reduce it to, to just a bit of gun combat. Well, not a, it's, the, it's the same combat. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's what I mean. Like none of the adventure platformy junk. Oh, well, it's platformy multiplayer shooty kind of combat. Yeah, right. and there's no option to scratch Drake's butt, so it's clearly. <laughs> you do get to play part of it as Team Drake, which is kind of cool. Want to touch Drake's butt? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, and and he'd be vulnerable and fragile and still finding his place as a person who can <laughs> murder people without remorse, right? You know, we're, we're uh, gonna see the unexplored depth recall, of his character. I don't... No, he's hiding from people and then gets uh, kind of taken advantage of by uh, Sully, huh. who is still a greasy old man. Huh. All right. We have... Which puts their relationship into a whole different context. <laughs> That's Creepy. almost what I was going for, but I think there's still a bit of a double standard at play. All right, we have a adventure game that was going to reinvigorate the adventure game genre for the whole world. It was going to bring it to a new <laughs> generation. No, so Broken Age didn't come fine. out in 2011. Not Broken Age, and not Double Fine related at all. It is, however... So it's not the case. ...tangentially related to Australian video game production in that it wound up killing one of the last AAA studios in Australia. Huh. And resulted in a lot of news reporters mispronouncing... L.A. Noir. Yes. Uh-huh. L.A. Noir. It wound up with a lot of reporters mispronouncing the name of an Australian suburb. It was developed by Team Bondi. All right. Watching Americans try to pronounce Bondi... Uh, did you say Bondi? Bondi or Bondi or... <laughs> Or Bondi was also seen. Bondi. Bondi. How do you get that? I don't know. Ah. But yes, L.A. Noir, which was... uh, It's not even a really noir. Sorry? It's not even a really LA's... hard sub. So I'm still stuck on the pronunciation thing. Like you wouldn't have guessed. B- build a uh, build a lilo and climb over it, Fox. It's yeah. No, yeah. La noir. La noir is really boring. Yeah, la noir is full of all these good intentions, and it just does not pull any of them off. The idea. Rockstar games tend to tend to let you you know go about a really well realized open world, and you know just see things and do all sorts of all sorts of interesting things. And la noir has this really detailed open world. But it's a linear game. Yeah. And the idea that they were reading Nothing happens when you're just going around. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yep. It really is a linear... It, 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 imagine those old point-and-click adventure games where the whole map was just this click between three or four different rooms, except they made it so you had to actually travel all the way across you know, London or whatever. And it's kind of noir mm. in that you can just move through this empty city when nothing's <laughs> happening. <laughs> I can imagine the version of that where that would be good, like really drinking in the atmosphere counted for something. There are so many things that went wrong with L.A. Noir. It almost sounds like a joke about itself. <laughs> like the fact that the the fact that there's a very simple formula to how all the interrogations go. So even though you're meant to be reading people's faces, you can just brute force all of them. 
with the exact uh, same uh, thing. Um, and the fact that this point-click adventure game, the climax of it is running around in a sewer with a flamethrower. That's very noir. What the hell? <laughs> Frank Miller's L.A. Noir. To call it a troubled development would be to say, you say it lightly. Gee, I thought it wouldn't get any worse than just the fact that the Uncanny Valley will fuck a game that's based on detailed facial recognition. Oh, yeah. Because we're really fucking bad at modeling detailed facial expressions still. Yeah. I mean, okay, if if we have a bajillion years to waste on pre-rendering individual frames of animation, sure! Then we can do facial expressions! Speaking of billions of frames of pre-rendered animation, we have a fight game developed by people who are rather good at developing fight games. <laughs> Uh, Street Fighter 4? Nope, not Is Street Fighter 4. Killer Instinct thing you guys keep talking about? Not Killer Instinct. Killer nope. Instinct gotta be a later. King of Fighters. It's a King of Fighters. King of Fighters 13, where they hand-painted individual cells. Oh, I love that they went back to 2D. Their 3D models were ugly ass. It looks so pretty. <laughs> They are really excellent. You should That's play right. Skullgirls sometime. Skullgirls <laughs> Skullgirl has lovely animation. Speaking of... All that hand-drawn animation. Speaking of lovely <laughs> animation and painting, we have a Nintendo title that tried for an impressionistic art style. Uh, Literally impressionistic, as in like impressionist painters. Is this Skyward Sword? Yes, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Which means that this was the year that you and I trekked out to EB Games and stood in a line to pick up someone else's pre-order. We did? We did. I remember sitting there at the bus with this you know, box on your knees because it was an Australian Wii and Australian Skyward Sword. Remember? Nah. I didn't get Skyward Sword the same year as I got a Wii. You didn't get it. We were picking it up for someone else. Someone else's. Oh, right. No, right. I see. It was also the year you got me Skyward Sword for Christmas so I thought you were talking about that. Different thing. Different thing indeed. Now, speaking of things that make it feel like Christmas, this is a big kitsch open world game that's trying very hard to be about crime but not doing a good job of it. Saints Row 3? Saints Row 3. One of the games that has used music the best <laughs> in a game in recent history. Uh. Power, the power scene is so good, I wrote an article about it. <laughs> and from one game that uses its music effectively in key points to a platform game where some levels use their music as very important key parts. Raymond Legends. Oh, crap. Uh, sorry, I'm wrong. It's going to happen every time. Uh, no, this is Raymond Origins. Raymond Legends is the oh, one with oh, the music oh. levels, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I I can I'll I'm not sure which one is which. No, oh, we'll we'll take it. I have both of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have probably the best selling indie title. Raymond Legends is Raymond Legends is the one that has uh, the. Yeah, you're right. Oh, nice music levels. I mean, you were wrong, but you were. I right. was right that I was wrong. Yeah. Now, we have what is probably the best-selling indie title of the past ten years. Ah, oh, fuck. Um, Under, Undertale? No, not Undertale. <laughs> uh, it, it at one point was sold for so much money that people were talking about it in terms... Minecraft. Of, yeah. Oh, fuck, of course. Minecraft, yes. The official release of Minecraft was in 2000. The 1.0 Minecraft. Yep. I was thinking of a bunch of really well-selling indie titles and thinking, oh, there's got to be one of these that actually stands what's, out from the what's, back. What's what's the one that every kid everywhere has? Yeah, and to, to my amusement, iOS X Minecraft launched a day before... <laughs> I don't huh. know why. Who knows? It is a mystery. We have a, I guess it's kind of a compilation of a Cornerstone Xbox title. 
uh, Halo something or other? Yeah, Halo Anniversary. Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary. Oh, Alas. a compilation of different entries oh, in the that's... franchise. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not. Oh, it's not? It's a, re- it's, it's a remastered version of Halo 1. Oh! Combat Evolved. Well, so some, somewhat near that point. I, I wasn't <laughs> totally wrong, but yeah, I was wrong. It's one game. Yeah, it's a compilation <laughs> of one game, alright? <laughs> that counts. It was compiled. A miserable little compilation of secrets. <laughs> Is my OkCupid profile name. But yeah, Halo was more or less responsible for redefining the way first-person shooters got designed. Um, It's kind of, in my mind, the second-generational start for first-person shooters. In the, <laughs> That's had, probably fair. You had, you had your Doom and Quake generation, and that was all building to a very particular set of ideas, whereas Halo was really the point where it got kicked off in a new direction with kind of better ideas, but at the time definitely frustratingly <laughs> different. It's probably also the the true genesis of console. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Doom and Quake and whatnot were very very PC focused yeah they were very mouse look Um, alright we have speaking of historically significant we have a game that that claims that it is historical fantasy fiction (laughs) that's uh, that's most games surely Assassin's Creed yep. uh, uh, Two Brother <laughs> no. Redemption Revelations Revelations More Ezio And given that this means that it is now at least four years I say there's a moratorium I say that the, the spoiler you know that the time for spoilers has passed in which case I'm just so mad that, they, that the coolest character in that game dies He should have been the fucking main character No <laughs> God yeah. damn it I was so sick of Ezio Ezio goes to Constantinople and meets this really rad assassin and then that assassin dies damn it let us play him that guy's cool the story of the stubbly brunette white man main character other more interesting characters are destined to give their <laughs> lives that he may continue to bore us mm. that's how these things work speaking of stubbly and brunette we have an actual compilation like i'm looking at the box art and there's definitely more than one game in this one that's an hd collection of historically significant games is this one Metal Gear? Yeah, this is the Metal Gear Solid <laughs> HD collection. I'm, I'm watching as the list of good games slowly dwindles. <laughs> you can the... tell he's different from other stubbly brunette white guy main characters because he has a mullet. Well, one of the one of the main characters in that is not stubbly or or brown haired. Is that one where you play Raiden? Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh yeah, he took over the end of that, didn't he? Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember well, that. Well, the, the last last 90% of the game. I remember the whiny crybabying. Ugh. All right. And look what he became. He's got no he became, He's so pretty he and stuff. He became awesome. <laughs> yeah, Raiden's pretty cool. He became awesome. I especially, he was awesome to begin with, and naked. I, I especially like watching the people who are really adamant to not like Raiden. Like, it's not enough to not actually like him, but they have to make it clear how mad they are about him. Like, oh, why does Hideo Kojima keep forcing this character to... You know he didn't make Revengeance, right? You know that's someone else. Well, he was, uh, per- he was a producer on Revengeance. Oh, okay. But he wasn't, it wasn't the same, uh, de- it wasn't the Metal Gear Solid Soul... And if he did, the answer would be because he's fucking sick of you guys only wanting to play Snake. He's clearly bored of Snake. <laughs> so here, it- well, Kojima has said before that he much prefers Raiden. Yeah, here, here is a ninja on a motorcycle robot boy with beautiful flowing white hair. No, bing back stubble and mullets and some old guy. All right, speaking of stubbly well, old of. Actually, now that I think of it, there's only been one Metal Gear Solid game where you play as Solid Snake as. A dark-haired guy. Huh. Because the other one's a secretly not Solid Snake? Well, the Metal Gear Solid 4, he has gray hair. Oh, yeah. And has a well-trimmed mustache. 
guess so. That's still, in my mind, Metal that Gear still Solid counts as three, brunette you... because that's his natural hair shade. <laughs> and in Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 3, it's not three, actually you... Solid Snake. I just... No, it's Big Boss, who is way cooler. Oh, no, I spoiled that, too. Just, just to let you know, Fox, that has to be the most boring conversation starter in the world. <laughs> I still consider that to count as brunette. <laughs> I still consider gray-haired snake to count as brunette. <laughs> <laughs> gray-haired snake is my okay cube. That's a drill tweet, all right? Anyway. What's a drill tweet? We're not getting into that. All right, so we have a small indie stealth game. Keep using all these words I don't understand for the social media. Goddamn hipsters! Um, okay, it tries to be a stealth game. It tells you it's a stealth game. This game. We've already done Batman, right? This game's name had to be censored for its Nintendo release. Ah. Uh, oh, Stealth Bastard. Stealth know, uh... Bastard. Tactical Espionage Asshole. <laughs> That's its name. <laughs> Uh, in the Nintendo releases, it is known as Stealth Inc. <laughs> Boo! Which is not nearly as good, and also is trying to bite on Invisible Invisible Inc., which is really good. They should have called it, like, Stealth Baby. Alright, we have a game that was developed by Magical Time Bean. <laughs> this is a small indie puzzle platformer game. It sounds like the friend of children in a cartoon show. Gosh, Magical Time Bean, can't you take us back to when the Leaning Tower of Pisa was made? I'm gonna tell Ian you said that. No! No, we're going to leave you there. <laughs> no magical time, Bean. Don't push us into the foundations while they're drying. This is the only way you're going to learn. <laughs> well, it's a grim game about a satanically empowered animal <laughs> that was thrown into a tower for witchcraft. No magical time, Bean. Why did you change the formula to summon Satan? <laughs> Time to ask any question you like of our Dark Lord. <laughs> and in the interest of disclosure, I am friends with one of the developers of this game. <laughs> it's like this Peabody and Sherman if Peabody hated you. What terrifying thing have you let into the podcast? <laughs> is Jeb somewhere back there? Jeb is fine. <laughs> Is it a scapegoat? It's a scapegoat, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, what were the hints? <laughs> They're gone they, now. They, the word for me was that talent is, talent is a friend of one of the developers. Yeah, I try to make sure that I, was, that... Yeah, I try to make sure I disclose whenever like literally one of my friends who I talk to on a daily basis his game comes up because I don't want to be, you know uh I, really I just realize brag. you're not like giving reviews or purchase advice or anything. I know, I just want to brag. Basically point out that I'm friends <laughs> with this really awesome lady who made this really cool game. Oh, I see. Anyway. It's more it's less of a disclaimer and more of a name drop. I'm just skiting really. A name drop disclaimer. Oh, nice. It's called a humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we have no magical time being don't lock jab in ancient europe we have a game that coincidentally is about a sort of time travel <laughs> it's about a subject that's clearly dear to both of you you weirdos is it Majora's Mask? sonic the hedgehog 4 <laughs> it's a sonic game oh no they really re-released sonic cd nope 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 but it is a game about comparing sonic's past to sonic's oh, generations God, it's generations yeah i forgot about that yeah yeah and with that, the last title that we can conceivably call good. No magical time, Bean. Don't change the past so the first Sonic game was Adventure 2. <laughs> All right. The only Sonic game that exists now is Unleashed. We have... <laughs> 
We have a tie-in game of franchise characters. Smash Brothers? No. This is a tie-in to a uh, real Is this Sonic romance. and the Mario in the, the Olympics? Of yes. Again? 2012 place? We had that last month. Well, this is, the Winter Olympics. Well, this is of the 2000... Yeah, this is the 2012 Stop Olympics. Stop going to the Olympics. <laughs> Why do we have Olympics every two years? You give Mario a heart attack. It's my doing. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He is overweight and like over 40 at this point. <laughs> It's Mario and Sonic at the London 2012 Olympic Games. <laughs> I cannot imagine who thought that was a good idea. I can't imagine those, how you would games? get through this game without having Sonic and Mario meet the Queen. Uh, and you remember that logo for the 2012 Olympics that everyone was so condescending I do. about? Yeah, that's right there, smack dab on the cut <laughs> on the front cover. I, I never saw the sex joke, but it is just an ugly ass logo that someone could have done better than. It's it's a very very ugly logo. Um, notable on the cover along with that is you have, um, Shadow the Hedgehog, uh, yes. on a, on a 10 speed <laughs> between. Wait, wait, wait. They didn't have Sh- Shadow the Hedgehog do the target shooting? No, but he's on, he, he's, he's on a, he's on a bicycle along with the rest of the team, which appears to be Robotnik, Wario, and Waluigi. Oh God, tell me. That's my dream team and Tell right me there. Robotnik is doing the equestrian. No, they're all on bikes. Aww. And, Wa- and Waluigi is in first place. No kidding, he's the only one with legs. <laughs> Speaking you of- imagine Dr. Robotnik trying to- Oh, wait, no. It, it'd be New Eggman. I, I have to legs. see this game now. <laughs> I have to see Dr. Robotnik on a bicycle. So, speaking of things with legs- It's the British Olympics, so they should all be doing, like, yachting and equestrian. <laughs> all the other things that poorer nations can't compete in. That's why Britain wins at them. Yes. <laughs> Alright, so speaking of things with legs, we have a pop star tie-in. Because that's clearly a business decision that will go well for everyone involved. Uh, okay, given the apocalyptic tone you're now phrasing this in... This band decided to approach a video game company to uh, make a video game about them. Is this the infamous Black Eyed Peas experience? Oh my god, you got it. Yes, it is the Black Eyed Peas experience. <laughs> no magical time being. <laughs> Don't create the Black Eyed Peas experience. <laughs> I created the Black Eyed Peas to start with. Made by Ubisoft. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, it's one of the most vulgar-sounding game names I've ever heard. <laughs> well, Black Eyed Peas has always sound slightly suspicious to begin with. I, I wouldn't even use that as as my okay Cupid profile name. Yeah, I um, I'm I'm really sorry. I'm going to be late for work. I had a Black Eyed Peas experience. I just I always kind of assumed that Black Eyed Peas was some kind for of the record, euphemism. Ugh. Black Eyed Peas are delicious, actually. Yeah, they're, they're a type of vegetable. Well, it's actually a type of pea. Yeah, oh. yeah, they're quite no, nice. well, not, no, not type pea. They're a type of bean. Yeah. Bean. Yeah. Black eyed peas yes. are a type of bean. Is it a magical yes. one? <laughs> it's the magical time bean. This is how magical time bean ensured its own existence. <laughs> it planted the black eyed peas in the past so they might eventually give birth to itself. Ian is just going to have the weirdest reaction to this if he ever hears this. All right. So we're going to um, make like a visual novel about <laughs> magical time bean, right? We're doing this, right? Now, you might think that It'll was... It'll be like Life is Strange. You might have thought that was the bottom of the barrel. After all... <laughs> You're listening to this podcast, so... 
band tie-ins are usually the lowest point of anything video game related. Especially Black Eyed Peas. What do you got, Hannah Montana, on that list? Well, what about a fictional band tie-in game? <laughs> uh, Wait, is it a One good fictional band? Not a good fictional band. This is a cover band. Like, they only cover other songs. Is it? Is it my own made-up cover band? Like, this is a Guitar Hero thing? No. No. This is a franchise. My Guitar Hero band is called Face Roll. We're great. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a tie-in game for a band movie, I guess? Is it Glee? This is Spinal Tap? No, no. And by the way, if there was a This Is Spinal Tap game, that would have been the headliner. <laughs> I wouldn't care how bad that game is. I would want to see it. Surely a good 50% of that game would be about, like, onstage props and, and timing execution and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, uh... <laughs> Well, I mean, that is actually a scene in Alan Wake. You know that, right? Ha! Nice. I did not. There, there, there is there is a scene in Alan Wake about fighting off the shadow people to a metal concert. <laughs> there is, and because the shadow people are repelled by fire, you have all this pyro and shit going off that drives them off. Nice, it's great. This band has existed since the 1950s. The monkeys? You're in the right, uh, part of the animal kingdom, sort of? So no, I'm in the wrong part of the world. <laughs> okay, the Beatles are a real band, you know this, right? It's, no, it's not the Beatles, no, okay, no. Okay, good, just and checking. the Beatles are a cover Is it Josie band. and the Pussycats? Uh, you're, no, you're, you're getting closer to the caliber of the media we're talking about, but think below Josie and the Pussycats. And we're still in the animal kingdom. <laughs> we're in the animal kingdom, it's definitely named after an animal. Like, this, this band definitely has an animal name. <laughs> <laughs> and they only do covers. <laughs> and they only do covers. And they've been doing it since the 1950s. And they made a video game about them in the year of our Lord, not 2011. I'm calling my agent. It's a sequel to a recent movie. I, I don't know why you keep looking at me. I have fuck all idea what you this could so possibly lost. be. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, I don't. It's a fucking some cover band. I don't know. Since the, the 50s, I don't do the 50s. They've had a cartoon. Their waistbands were entirely too high up like, in our childhood. It's like Dr. Teeth. No, not Dr. Oh, man, a Dr. Teeth game would own. <laughs> I know, that's great, why I'm actually. confused. That's why I'm confused. Everything that's coming up to, to mind is like, wait, no, that would be amazing. That would be good. Like, it's not Gem and the Holograms, that would own. That would really own. No, um... <clears throat> Well, apparently not. The movie, I guess, sucked, so. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, oh. oh You didn't say they actually were animals. <laughs> In their very first incarnation, they weren't even animals. They were just playing the record faster. Yeah, but as soon as they started depicting the characters. Mm -hmm. Yes, they were indeed chipmunks. Yes, Alvin and the Chipmunks chipwrecked. Oh. Rated E for everyone. Developed by Majesco. <laughs> no. Rated N for no one. <laughs> And that thing you rated M for magical time being. And that thing you see <laughs> high above you right now, that up there is the bottom of the barrel. Uh, I'm sorry you're no longer allowed to have this barrel. <laughs> I don't want the barrel anymore, magical time being. I give in. So what's this I hear about role-playing games and music, you people? I hear role-playing games have music. It took me a while to work out that role-playing games had music, because when I was playing on the emulator, I could never get sound to work. <laughs> it's not my fault no one in this country owned Nintendo systems. <laughs> well, except Game Boys. Those were different. But in all seriousness, um, music is, typically speaking, one of those elements of video games that when done well, you really notice it. And when it's done badly, you really, really notice it. <laughs> Uh, it's also one of the most interesting elements of a game in that it's pretty much the only one you can straight up turn off and still have the game function in most mm -hmm. cases. I mean, some games are actually reliant on their music, but for the most part, 
which yeah, it's uh, well, I've been like I've been playing Dark Souls lately, which not quite the RPG that we want to talk about for the most part, but it's still worth mentioning. Dark Souls only has music in in key locations and during key encounters, huh. mm. and so you have these really intricate orchestral choral soundtracks that. Because of the way they're presented, they stick with the encounter. So if someone who's familiar with Dark Souls hears Ornstein and Smoe's theme song, they are going to be brought back to that incredible fight. Mm -hmm. It's And uh, I think that, that kind of... We make these attachments to the songs when they're implemented properly. Yeah. And that makes them easier to, to recall and relate. It's like, oh, I... Let me tell you a story about when I was such and such. Mm. With with uh, music in RPGs especially, um, RPGs are a type of game you spend a lot of time with. Most game composers don't make a piece of music that's six hours long because you're going to spend about six hours going back and forth grinding in one area. Mm-hmm. What instead you get are shorter pieces that are designed to loop well. That is itself a particularly impressive craft. <laughs> I think the, the difference is... Is that in an RPG generally, and this also, I suppose, applies to like action adventure titles, like a like a Zelda or a Metroidvania, Metroidvania style game, like an exp- exploratory platformer. Mm-hmm. Is that you spend a lot of time in this in the same sort of area, so you don't have to have the the music transition as often as you as you need as you find you do in, say, for example, a Sonic game. Because the Sonic games, for as good as the music are, uh, music in it is, the 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 soundtrack, the song tracks themselves aren't long. Hmm. I wonder if this is more about the way I play all the kinds of games than it is about. <laughs> the I mean, I am probably the only person who is guilty of just kind of taking their time on Sonic the Hedgehog levels. I'm sure there are plenty of people well, who do. Even <laughs> even if you do, like the like a lot of well. Uh, Sega recently uploaded a ton of Sonic music to Spotify. And you listen to that, it's like, oh, it's a three-minute-long track. But it loops three or four times. Mm-hmm. In fact, I seem to remember some of them that didn't loop. Like, in the actual games, from the earlier games. Like, I can remember some uh, some awkward transitions, like Launch Base, I think, yeah. actually went back and redid its intro. Mm-hmm. That might have been a technical limitation, but that's... Be- a, a lot more games tend to have shorter tracks that that blend well together. I think Tal mentioned originally the the way that the games loop together is important for for games like that. And I think that also, especially in action games, uh, having that that loop gives you a certain rhythm, even subconsciously. Mm. Like, um, we'll take Saints Row for example. When you're listening to the music, <laughs> like in Saints Row Four, you jump and you land in time with your music. Yeah, that's pretty so true. So that that does affect the way you play the game. And so because there's no direct real influence for the most part in in uh, role-playing games, the music kind of has to stand on its own to enhance the experience overall. It's not something that can work well with the the other parts of the game to create a un- unified experience. Because the the way that uh, a, a role-playing game tends to play is that the, the very element, various elements of design are isolated from one, one another, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. So, specifically for things like uh, turn-based RPGs and whatnot, mm-hmm. where the... because there's no actual time-sensitive combat, because there's no action-based stuff, you're thinking that the music basically is 
more independent from that activity. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then you, if you compare it to something like, say, Silent Hill, where the music is an essential element to the atmosphere itself, and I don't think it's necessarily the same way that it works in a role-playing game because in in these in the, these horror style adventure games you wind up with all of your aesthetics working together including the the aesthetics visually audibly and the aesthetics of play as Tal would say the kinesthetics I like how you blame me for that word <laughs> <laughs> got to blame someone for that word. I I happen to know that's one he definitely didn't make up <laughs> Uh, that, that's a really good point. The the idea of it seeming more layered than interwoven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of fair. instead of being instead of being like like uh, instead of being like woven, like you said, it's more like plywood. Mm. Which is probably also why you're vastly more likely to have JRPGs in particular just letting you pick what background music you want or what music you want for fights. Mm-hmm. Or hmm. which I suppose is uh, like that's an interesting point for comparison of like opportunity for personalization and and setting your own preferences compared to some artistic vision where people have determined that it should be this way because that serves the atmosphere better or whatever. I think it would be a different experience, for example, in Silent Hill 2 if you could choose the background music instead of listening to uh, the stuff going on there. Oh, no doubt. But, yeah, I mean, just because there are some things that work a lot better as, as permitting someone to choose, and there are some things which... Maybe you might not like what the artist has chosen for this particular instance or whatever, or how they've chosen to convey a thing through music, but you have to admit that it wouldn't work the same way mm-hmm. uh, under other circumstances. So, yeah. yeah, anyway, I'm not going anywhere particular with that. Uh, you just made me think about that when you spoke of it. Yeah. So to wrap this up, uh, they wouldn't have any particular role-playing game music they like that would, that people should listen to? That we liked the music in. Hmm. I have the Persona 3 and 4 soundtracks and routinely listen to them in bits and pieces, which is kind of embarrassing because they're, they're, they actually do some things that I would consider quite bad. <laughs> like, there, are, there are grindy parts of Persona where the loop on the music is just a little bit too short. I can't really get into them. I'm just not a fan of jazz. Yeah. I could cheat and say Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV just has all the best Final Fantasy music and then more really good music on top of that. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, Ion. But for my for my own actual answer besides that, uh, Grandia had a surprisingly good but limited soundtrack. There wasn't a lot of music in Grandia, but what was there was pretty good. And, of course, the Lunar games. If you haven't heard the music from the Lunar games... Go give them a listen. They're really good, especially the actual vocal tracks. Oh, and Earthbound games, like the the if you can get your hands on them, the original um, the original ROMs of Earthbound used a whole bunch of music that they totally shouldn't have been using, like you know chip tune covers of Blues Brothers stuff. <laughs> That's pretty great. Um, Latalm was just reminding me that I should probably mention Ion, which is one of the most flawed MMOs I played, but <laughs> also one of them I liked the most. And part of that was because the music was of exceptional quality. In fact, I generally don't listen to music in MMOs because I find it boring or repetitive or just don't want to have a background noise going on a lot. Uh, but I, mm-hmm. I left it on in Ion because it was lovely. Mm. I'm trying to think of other RPGs, but for this same reason, uh, I have trouble thinking of them because often I don't leave the background music on. Um, <laughs> 
I and it comes from mostly gaming in a space where there's someone else right next to me who might be listening and doing their own stuff, um, which always changes how you engage with, <laughs> which always makes you fill with white hot rage when some fucking website decides it should be able to autoplay <laughs> a video. Oh, I hate autoplay. Just a question: um, Is Hotline Miami a role playing game? <laughs> I'm struggling That's with this a loaded too, question. <laughs> because I would say things like Okami and uh, Muramasa and like Saints Row, bunch of shit I can think of that's not actually RPGs. Ah, uh, I guess is Odin Sphere enough? Can, I don't know. Fuck it, it's really tricky. If we can, if we, if we can, we can push it a little bit just to <laughs> be on that. I think. Okay, definitely. I, I can get you know uh, Eternal Sonata. There you go. Yes, <laughs> that, that's, now we can go for now we can go a little bit further past the JRPG styles and other role-playing-esque experiences. Well, we're going to talk action RPGs. Pretty much anything Vanillaware has done has uh, gorgeous music. I really like it. And if you want to talk about reinforcing aesthetic experiences, the the music is fantastically done for that. Despite the fact that it's a very... Uh, I mean, it's that same kind of environment of doesn't necessarily key into the action... Um, the actual actions you're taking are a bit more abstracted than that, but by the same token, like, looking at the background from one of these games and listening to what's playing, you couldn't imagine it matching up any other way, like, this is this is the sound that should go with that gorgeous freaking background, and that's just, you know, it's perfect, they lock together like that. Alright. I know that Chrono Trigger is a JRPG. Oh, fuck, of course! But Chrono Trigger has really good music. It has amazing music! <laughs> I don't think I have OC Remix titles for anything half as much as I have them for Chrono Trigger. Yeah, yeah. That is good shit. Chrono, Chrono, Chrono Cross has good music too. Mm. It's one of the best things about Chrono Cross. Mm. I understand there are uh, problems with Chrono Cross otherwise. <laughs> it had a tough act to follow. It's a, a game that exists. Mm. I understand the magical time being maybe involved. <laughs> I'm the one who came up with the accent filters. <laughs> On that note, second and Tetsu three had some lovely music. Oh as well. yes, SD three had like super memorable stuff. SD three is just like this big warm sponge cake of game media. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything in that game that wasn't e- even the stuff that wasn't great. It was still lovely. I honestly, I found it a bit hard. Maybe it's just because <laughs> I wasn't used to action RPG combat at that stage. Yeah. Um, but I often wasn't able to reconcile how I expected RPG combat to work with how things actually. Worked. I also suspect um, when I finish doing this edit that Toto is going to come to me and mention all the ice games uh, or wise or however you pronounce oh. them. Um, it was East. 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 Yeah. Um, because I'm sure that some of those have like wonderful soundtrack integration. Anyway. Indeed, I have the soundtrack on my playlist, despite not having played any of those games yet. <laughs> on that note, uh, Suikoden and Tearcrass, the, uh, the ill-enjoyed... Uh, <laughs> Orphan offspring of the Suikoden franchise that everyone who likes Suikoden is like, oh, not my Suikoden. Um, has a pretty great soundtrack. Oh, it's the Zelda like 2 of Suikoden. Uh. It's, it's a really it's a good game and it's a good Suikoden game and it shits me off so much that people don't like it just because it's not in the continuity of the others. Fuck continuities. I hate continuities. You guys ruined Zelda. Just, just want to remind you again, this is the podcast where we said we're generally positive. Yes, sorry, positive. <laughs> <laughs> that was positive. You were saying good things about a video game you like. Putting on my happy hat. <laughs> that was totally positive. I find it exciting. That was totally cool. Tear Cries is really also, good. Don't write it off just because it's not in the main continuity. Um, turn off the voices if you can. 
that the dubbing is very, very bad. Uh, do we wrap up there? Also, oh, also worth mentioning, of course, uh, the the music in From Software's games is really good. And um, if you like catchy and possibly too saccharine to and may in fact give you a cavity for listening to it. I suggest the music from Hyperdimension Neptunia. Oh. oh, Action RPG's Talon has played with Cave Story, dude. Cave Story's a platformer. Well, we can you level give... shit up. Fine. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. It has RPG elements. Yeah, Cave Story music's it. fucking rocks. It's as close to an RPG as something like Muramasa is. Yeah, I, I really you love can... the, f- the Cave Story music. Listener, you can tell how much we like uh, Cave Story music at the Downloadable Concept Podcast if you listen to our theme <laughs> oh, yeah. song. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> which, when New Vegas, a wonderfully, wonderfully talented musical creator, made us our theme song... Said it was wor- They were worried that uh, it was too cave story. <laughs> this was not a problem. When I mentioned that to Jeb, when when Jeb mentioned that to me, my first response was, "No joke. How is that a problem?" I then logged onto Twitter and found that Jeb had commented on his own Twitter stream. <laughs> the cr- the composer just said this might be too cave story. How is that a problem? <laughs> No magical time bean. Don't go back in time and alter the timeline so that there's such a thing as two cave story. <laughs> That's beyond even my power. That's all for the downloadable concept podcast this week. That was Jeb. That's been Fox. No magical time bean. Don't take Talon away. And I'll be back next week. <laughs> if I let him. does remind me of that old joke, what's brown and sounds like a submarine?